0: Hi, on this episode of Real Time Truth, we're going to talk about drilling down to your child's heart.
1: Well, welcome to the first episode of Real Time Truth. We will attempt to engage issues in the home, church, community, and culture with the truth of God's Word. I'm Matthew McNeil. And I'm Kevin Brown. And today we're just we're just just kind of launching this thing. I mean, it's our first one. It's so cool. We're so excited about it. But in order to do that, I just want to kind of explain. And Kevin, you're going to do this for us. Yeah. Exactly. Why are we doing this? Yeah. You know, I
0: did a two minute Tuesday. In all honesty, they weren't two minute Tuesdays. What were they, Matthew? They were like a five minute Friday. Yeah, that's right. Well, and I found myself in almost kind of. Navigating toward this type of format, the podcast. Two Minute Tuesdays had a four-year run. They were great. A lot of people watched them. Also, I've been blogging for 10 years. That's a long time for blogs. Long time. and But it's not that blogs are obsolete or even the, like a Two Minute Tuesday, but podcast is really the new medium that people are using. And, and I really feel like that we can take uh, topics like we're going to do today on do you have a child run home and, and expound on them mm-hmm. and really shine the light of God's word on these topics. And so I felt a podcast was the, was really the, the, the arena we needed to do that through.
1: Cool. And so Kevin, what were we talking about in today's opening yeah. podcast? You know,
0: I went back, Matthew, I talked to you about this and, and guys, I, I looked at the blog post that I did for 10 years And this is what's amazing. The number one blog post in 10 years that was clicked on over 72,000 times, Do You Have a Child Run Home? And I thought, you know what? That obviously struck a nerve. So why don't we start with that one with our first podcast? Because it, it affects a lot
1: of people. Okay, and so uh, just so that we, especially for those of you who are watching this or listening to this for the first time and you don't know Pastor Kevin, uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, what are the ages of your kids? Yeah, I, I've kind of got um,
0: like two sets. Mm-hmm. I've got an older two. I've got four children and a younger uh, pair um, my older children I've got a daughter that's married uh, I've got three grandchildren um, she's 24 years old I've got a 21 year old that just got married back in April um, no kids at this point yet and then I have two 14 year olds a boy and a girl we adopted both of them from China they're not siblings and as far as from China they are obviously now uh, as being adopted into our family but uh, so I've got the older two that are biological that my wife and and I, Pam it's her name, been married for almost 29 years. We raised that set, and now we're raising this younger set. Doing it again. Doing it again, so, um, and my older kids tell me that, Matthew, I'm doing a better job on the younger two because I had good practice on the older two, and so I'm grateful for uh, <laughs> Katie and Candace, the uh, the two older ones, but uh, that that's my background. Being a grandfather, I've got a 4-year-old, a 2-year-old, and a 3-month-old grand granddaughters. And so we're excited uh, to have those uh Precious children in our lives as well.
1: So you've more or less you've had, as you've explained, just you've had a one run through with this already. Yeah. But you're still in the thick of it as well. Yeah. And you're also having a heavy hand in the early end yeah. of this parenting deal as well. I mean, you're not raising your grandkids. Yeah. You, you, your children are doing a great job of that, but you're still. Very engaged. Yeah, my
0: uh, my oldest daughter and, and her husband they live right beside of us, and so we see our grandkids almost every day. And so I do feel it's almost a you know a trifecta of some sort. I've got older two, younger two grandchildren, and so this topic of raising children is something that's constantly on my mind, and sure. is is constantly on. There are many many people who are you know. Out there today, you've got children or grandchildren, and or you're you're impacted in some way with children. And this is an important topic.
1: So we're getting, we're getting ready. This is just kind of opener stuff right now, but we're getting ready to dive into the meat of today. And so as we move forward with this podcast as a whole, not just today's, but everyone after this, mm-hmm. what angle are we approaching this from? What's making this different from others? Yeah. What's our guide? What's our authority yeah, but, on this? You know.
0: Folks, I'm nothing. All I am, I'm a 51-year-old man. I'm a pastor of a church. I'm a former business guy. So what? I've, I've raised a couple of kids. I got two more. So what? I'm nothing. I, I'm, I'm no James Dobson, okay? I, I'm no Jim Daly of Focus on the Family. I'm just Kevin Brown. And, and all I can say is from past experience, I hope to bring some things to light But to say all that, what matters most is this book lying here on this desk. It's the Word of God. Real-time truth that's what we've called this podcast, is shining the light of God's word on issues. Mm -hmm. Because we all have an authority in our lives, whether we admit it or not. Some people take their authority from a college professor. Mm -hmm. Some people take their authority from CNN or Fox News. Some people take their authority from a mom or a dad. None of that's necessarily terrible or wrong. But the ultimate authority and the premise that we will use today and through all of our podcast episodes is that This book is the Word of God, and we'll probably have a podcast one day as to why I believe it is the authority, but this will be our premise, that we're going to try to look at what does the Word of God say about a topic, and we're going to try to shine light from the Word of God on that topic and provide
1: real-time truth. I love that idea, real-time truth, because we're, we're living it. Right now, I mean, we all have things going on, and it's one thing to know what's in the book. It's one thing to say, well, I believe this, but it's another to actually live it out. Yeah. And what do you do right in the moment? And yeah. so that's what we're, we're hoping to be able to kind of get some tools with. I know that that's what your heart is in it this, is. and it's exciting to be a part of it. So then the Word is our guide. The Word is our authority. Yeah. So... How does that shape today's topic? Yeah,
0: well, we're talking about kids. We're talking about raising children. Um, It's a crazy culture. It's a crazy world. Okay, how do I raise kids? I mean, I'm standing in Walmart, and and do I count to 10 when I want my kid to do something? By the way, that makes you look dumb when you do that. Don't do that, because they're only going to obey when you get to 9. Okay? And the other nine seconds, people are watching you as you count to ten. You don't have to count. Here, here, and here's what I'm driving toward. We're going to use the word of God and we're going to look at what does the scripture teach about raising children? Well, let's look at Jesus. Jesus is our model, Jesus is our guide. For instance, you look at Luke chapter 2. Jesus, at the age of 12, lost him. Couldn't find him. Joseph and Mary found him in the temple. Said, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? And the Bible records at the end of Luke 2 that he went back to Nazareth and he was submissive and obedient to his family. And so here is the Son of God being in submission to two people that he created And so what do we see? We see that the word of God describes the fact that children should be submissive, even to the point that God himself allowed himself to be under the submissive authority, the submission to Joseph and Mary. So Jesus is the ultimate goal here. We look at the life of Jesus who who, he grew in stature and in favor with God and man, the scripture says, and he was obedient to his family. we're going to look to Scripture and Jesus as being our goal for this entire
1: topic. And see, and that's something that I feel like I can get my hand around. I feel like I can get my arms around that mm-hmm. because uh, so many times you're looking at this and you're like, okay, how do I use this? I mean, that's, there's a lot in that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just looking at Jesus grew in these four ways—in wisdom, and in stature, and favor with God and men—then my child should grow like he did.
0: Absolutely. And the goal is when when, when we're trying to raise kids, I I wrote a book on this several years ago. Um, We called it Rite of Passage, Raising Christ-Centered Young Adults. This doesn't happen by osmosis. And mom and dad understand something. Just because you take your kids to church doesn't mean that they're going to grow up and be Christian. Mm. Just because you say you live in a Christian home, if you're not teaching and training in the home, then then you're you're kidding yourself to think that you are actually being intentional about raising a a Christ-centered young adult. If 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 all we're doing is taking our kids to church, which a lot of parents think is enough, I'm telling you it's not enough. Look, I've been pastoring almost fifteen years and I watch families who over these years, not just in, in our context here, but just in Christendom at large, who think that just because they take their kid to church, maybe drop them off in a children's church or a youth program or whatever, that they're automatically going to have a christ their young adult when they're 18. I'm telling you something. If it's not getting done in the home, the likelihood of them actually following Christ into their 20s is very small. This t- these stats are are they're dire, Matthew. Whether it be Barna Research or Lifeway, you pick it. The majority of Christian teens who are raised in quote unquote Christ-centered homes, you pick the study. Between eighty and ninety-two percent of those kids will walk away from the faith by their twentieth birthday, and that's riveting to me. And and, and the parents are almost shocked. Well, I took them to church and we had a little prayer over our meal and we did the, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. What happened? I'm gonna tell you what happened. The world and the culture, particularly through these things today, is actually doing more to shape our kids' lives than we are. Mm-hmm. Going to church for a couple hours a week in a 168 hour a week is not getting the job done. It's what's happening in the home that's going to be critical. Jesus went back to Nazareth. He went to a home where Joseph and Mary were intentionally teaching him. It's, of course, Hebraic. Okay. But they're teaching him the Torah. They're teaching him the Shema. When they sit down, lie down, rise up, and walk along the way. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's the Hebraic form of teaching. It is a walk-along, talk-along faith. As you go faith. As you go faith. We live in a culture, we're Greek-driven. Here's how we're Greek-driven. A Greek-driven teaching is lecture, okay? You go into a classroom, teacher stands up, lectures. The kids listen, they're supposed to go live it. Hebraic is totally different. Hebrew is totally different. This is a walk-along, talk-along teaching. Like a life-on-life. Life-on-life, exactly. And that is how it has to be in the home. To just take our kids to church and drop them off and expect them to turn into Christians is is ludicrous, truly.
1: So the time that we have with them, though, that we can actually do something with them, I mean, there's, there's school, there's sports, there's yes. all the things we fill our like schedules with. But the time we have with them, whether it's riding down the road with them, and especially in the home, we're going to talk about some things that, some practical yeah. things that we can do. But what are some of our goals yeah. as far as what should we be, like all these practical tips that we want to kind of wrap up the yeah. day show with, what are the things that we're shooting for with those? Yeah, so you've got a child,
0: it, it, whether they're a toddler and they're 3 years old, or you've got a 10-year-old or you've got a a teen, or even an older teen, they all have behaviors. Mm -hmm. And their behavior, how they act and what they do, is symptomatic of what's in their heart. Okay. So their behavior reveals what's going on in here. What is so easy to do is just to try to parent behavior. And we want our kids to sit up straight and eat all their vegetables and be perfect and be good. But what about their heart? Do they actually have the desire to do these things? Or are they even doing these things because they're afraid of us? That if they don't do these things, they're going to get in trouble? We've got to get to the kid's heart. The heart is the key. And so we're parenting children's hearts more so than their behaviors. So I'll give you an example. I say to my 14-year-old daughter, hey, honey, your room is an absolute trashed wreck, okay? Like the tornado has been through it. Baby, come on, clean this up, okay? It's Saturday, you've got a little time, clean up the bedroom, okay? All right, so she, apparently, at least, I'll leave the room, I think she's gonna do it. I, Come back through a couple hours later, and she's lying on her bed, earbuds in her ears. Obviously, she's on social media, whatever, listening to music, and the room is still an absolute disaster. And I go, I go, hey, 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 earbud comes out. Baby, what's up? What's up? Yeah, I don't feel like doing that, Dad. I'll do that next week. No, 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 no. And then maybe she cops an attitude. Hey, Dad, what's your deal? I mean, why What's why is my room such a big deal to you? Okay, now we have an issue. Okay? That you can handle that, one of that, two ways. Exactly. I can handle one of two ways. I can say, I can drop the hammer, and I can say, by golly, you're going to get up right now, and you're going to do this, and if you don't, I'm going to take your cell phone, and, and you go, and you get mad. You pull the other ear, earbud out of her ear. Got anybody out there that's lived this way? And you live by reaction mm. to an action, or listen. You take a time out and you go, "Okay, baby, listen. I, can I come in and sit down and talk?" Sure, Dad. Okay, honey, take the earbud out. Tell whoever you're talking to you get back to them. You know, pause this. Listen, baby, what's going on? Baby, what? What? Right, right then, you, you're you seem angry. You seem frustrated. What's happening? Do you understand what I'm driving at? Do you, listen, do you understand what I'm driving at? Here's the thing. What's going on in her heart? So you're having this conversation. And then she may say something like, Dad, I'm just frustrated. I'm like paralyzed. I've got so much going on in school. I've got so much going on in my life right now that it's just like all I want to do is just sit here and not do anything because I'm so frustrated. Now we're getting somewhere. Now, you see, that's the heart. That is the heart of the behavior. The behavior's out here. The heart is right here. We wanna steer past the behavior and look at the heart. I can manage the behavior and I can get louder than she is. I can holler and stomp and scream and get this little vein right here to pop out in my head. You've got them too. Or we can say, I don't want this. I want peace in my home. Hmm. And so what what we do is we begin to cultivate the relationship so the child knows, yeah, I want you to be obedient, but I actually care about you. Baby, what's wrong? You seem frustrated. You seem tired. You seem—there can be a myriad of things that could be happening, but we parent the heart, not just the behavior. And so many parents today— They're they're trying to raise these kids by way of just behavior, behavior, behavior. And they got all these rules and they got all these regulations. But I'm going to tell you something. Josh McDowell said this years ago. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Did you catch that? Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. We've got to work on the relationship. And that is the critical part of this whole deal with our kids.
1: And that's... Not only intentional, it requires work. It's it's not something that just happens in the moment. There has to be a plan for it ahead of time. Yeah, it requires time.
0: And so one of the things that I'm I'm so, uh, I guess I I preach and and try to champion, and it seems so simple, but we have to talk to our kids. Mm -hmm. Talk, talk, talk. It's so easy with the way we all live our lives. We're so busy. We live such harried lives. We work, and then we get home, and the kids are there, and we're trying to get something to eat, and we're trying to get started with the evening. They've got homework, or if they're younger kids, there's baths, and there's all these things. If they're older kids, they're still, we still got to run out and get them at practice. Or maybe they're, they're teenagers and they're driving now, and you know they don't get home till eight thirty or nine o'clock. So how do we intentionally do this? How, do, how with our schedules being so busy, we we have to find times in the schedule to talk. Mm-hmm. I, I know it sounds crazy, but you've got to actually schedule time to talk. So so I ask parents this all the time: Is your kid's orthodontist appointment important? Answer, yes. Okay. Is your kid's doctor's appointment to get their physical so that they can play football important? Yes. Are you going to miss that appointment? No. But why is it that we do not schedule intentional time to talk in our families and to communicate the things of God to our kids? We will let this almost flow out of our lives and not even know that we have not seized the
1: day. But there are parents, though, who are listening to this, and they'll say, but I do talk to my kids. You know, whenever they get into the car from school, I'll say, how was your day? Yep. And they'll say, it was good. You know, do anything fun today? No, it was just kind of a regular day. And I've talked to my kid for the day. Yeah. And, yep. uh, or, I mean, that's just, I, I could go on to more examples, but that's pretty much the summation yeah. of all those. They would say, I've I talked to my kid. Yeah. And, you know, I, I,
0: I see this, you know, I'm out and about riding roads and, and things as well, and. And I see oftentimes a a kid will be picked up at, at school and, you know, I'm waiting for maybe traffic to come out and I see, I see the kid in the back of the van. Let's say it's a 10 or 11 year old. Earbuds are in and then mom's on the phone. So they're not communicating. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're just going from point A to point B. And then we're like, honey, did you get your homework done by the time we get home? And honey, you know, the, and so all we're doing is, is we're, just, we're just giving updates. We're giving, we're giving, it's like a news report. Mm-hmm. How was the news today? And we're not actually talking. It's surface level. It is very surface level. And so we have to be intentional. Hey, can I say this? I have found that one of the best times to actually talk to our kids is right before bedtime. It's almost like when the guard goes down, hmm. truly, and you sit on the edge of the bed and you, say, and you have to ask the people that know me, know I do this, you ask the question twice. You say, baby, how you doing? What's, what's the standard answer? I'm good. Honey, honey, look at me. How are you? Really, how, how you doing? Talk to me. That's digging deeper. You may be watching this or listening to this podcast and you go, Yeah, but I don't have that kind of relationship with my kid. They're just gonna to totally turn me off. I get it. But that's why you gotta start. You gotta begin somewhere. Mm-hmm. You begin you even go ahead and inform your kid. Hey, I've listened to this podcast with this, this guy. I don't even really know who he is, whatever. But, but, you know, i got thinking about this. I really want to get to know you. And so this is a new day in our house. I'm going to start asking you more questions because I really, I love you. And I want you to know that I care about you mm. to the okay. point that I want to be your champion. I want to come alongside you. And I don't want just a news report of the day. I want to know what went on during the day and how did that make you feel? What happened today? Well, there was a fight at school, and this this these two girls got into it. I mean, they was pulling hair off. How, honey, how would that make you feel? How, you know, and talk about it. Scared? Afraid? Did, did it, did it, did it? You know, get into the details of it. But mom and dad, it's so easy because when we get home, we what do we want to do? We're like water. We float to the air of least the resistance. We want to veg out. We want to rest too. But I will tell you, listen, oh my goodness, I've had to remind myself of this. My real job, my real ministry begins the moment that I turn the doorknob to my house.
1: Hmm. I'm a pastor.
0: And it, do you know how easy it is for me to pastor everybody else and save nothing for home? I have a motto save something for home. Save something for home. You can't give it all away at your job. You can't give it all away at your hobby or, or your or your kids' sporting activities. Save something for home. And it goes back down to a, a life that we're all busy. And we have to begin to look at, okay, what
1: is really important to me? Well, and so and as you're talking about all these things, the main emphasis here is this takes time. Yeah, yeah. So what are some things, though, that we can apply yeah. and we can do during that time? Yeah, I've made a list here,
0: Matthew, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, this is important to me, and this is why I have a list of ten things here. First, simplify and defragment your life. In other words, make sure your priorities are in proper order. Do you want a kid to follow Christ? Then you're going to have to spend time. And one of the ways we can do that, number two, is eat meals together. So many families never eat a meal together. Not at a table, they eat out of a bag while they're running from this event to that event. And when you're eating a meal together, take these things and set them to the side. The phone has got to be put away. It's a no cell phone zone. And you say, well, I, I'm important, I've gotta be reached. How important is your family? Mm. Those people sitting around that table looking at you, that's, that's critically important. Number three, prayer of your children out loud. Mom, Dad, when's the last time your kid heard you pray their name out loud? Pray out loud. Call their name out loud. Listen, you can take them to Disney. Nothing wrong with that. You can take them to a vacation. You can buy them a bunch of stuff at Christmas. But when they're 25 years old and they're going through a hard time, none of that stuff's going to matter. But they will remember you praying for them. Mm -hmm. When they go through a hard time, they'll remember your voice resonating in their head. This is when mama prayed for me when it was hard. This is when my daddy prayed for me. This is the relationship that carries through life. And so pray. Number five, make sure they understand what it means to be saved. There's a lot of kids, Matthew, we may do another podcast on this, but they pray a prayer when they're seven, eight, nine years old, pray it in Bible school. They don't want to go to hell, but now they're 15, don't have any desire for the things of God. And I'm telling you, they may not really understand what it means to be saved.
1: That's that's my testimony. Yeah, I prayed the prayer and walked the aisle at age nine. And while I would love to say that that's whenever I staked my claim in heaven, when I when I knew that I knew that I knew that I was going to heaven when I died, I can't claim that. But when I was 17, I knew. Yeah, I knew that is when I drove my stake down.
0: That's critical. We'll run through. We've got a couple more minutes before we have to close today. But number six, be a gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. If you've got one of these things, do you have some way to control the cell phone? Do you have some way to understand what your kid is seeing and hearing? I have a thing called Covenant Eyes. It's $13.49 a month. You can put five devices on it. You say, well, my, you're not showing trust in your kid. Hey, I want to protect my kid. It's like me putting my kid in a car and telling him, you don't have to put a seatbelt on. What are you kidding me? I want to protect him. Number seven, don't overload with outside activities. So many parents have overloaded their lives. Number eight, you, mom and dad, have got to be a student of the Word of God, and you've got to be a model in prayer. Mm-hmm. Your kid's never going Jesus' disciples ask him, teach us how to pray. Pray with your kids. Teach them how to pray. Number nine, make family devotions a priority. You say every night? <laughs> I'm saying schedule it. If, if Listen, if you can't get along with your kids a couple of nights a week for 15 minutes, you're too busy. Mm. Okay? And number 10, have fun. Have fun. Enjoy. I love it when my kids say to me... Dad, are we having a devotion right now? And I'm like, oh, you can't tell, can you? Aha, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> we're actually doing something that you don't even know for sure. But yeah, I'm actually, te- it's the Hebraic teaching them. When you sit down, lie down, rise up, walk, walk along the way. Matthew, may I pass along to the, to the listeners? I've written a book about this. I'm not trying to sell books, but you can get it at Amazon.com. Rite of Passage, Raising Christ-Centered Young Adults. There's another great book by uh, Ted Tripp. It's called Shepherding a Child's Heart. Um, th- these are all resources that you can use, but the most important resource is the Word of God. And I and I direct you particularly to the Proverbs. Those Proverbs, Solomon writing to his sons. Use those Proverbs in your home. And I've got a sneaking suspicion we'll return to this topic at again, a, a later date uh, for another podcast. But for now, I think that's kind of whetted
1: some appetites, I hope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's something that we'll definitely have to return to. Well, Kevin, I know that this is something that's kind of fun for you, and it's something that you're kind of known for in the area. Um, people, uh, and we're wrapping up, folks, as you can tell, but people will ask you on Facebook. So, Kevin, what do you think the winter weather is going to be like? Oh, yeah, or? yeah,
0: I'm already getting that. Uh, here's the thing about the weather. I do love the weather. I'm kind of a, a I don't know, a, a bit of a, a nerd on okay. it. But real quickly... Preliminarily here in North Carolina, Western North Carolina, looks like an average winter, both in temperature and in precipitation. I think more snow is gonna be in the Northeast and the Midwest, which is typically what you have. And I think the cooler temperatures, the real cold temperatures will be centered in the Northeast, but uh, we should still have an average winter in Western North Carolina, that's about a foot of snow. And so there'll be probably three to five events that we'll get that snow or, or ice. But uh, that's what we see now in, in September. Looking forward uh, to uh, winter
1: for those that enjoy the snow. And I'm one of those that do. But uh, we'll see. Only God knows. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And make sure to tune in next week. We're going to be talking about marriage. And you don't want to miss that. So, again, I'm Matthew McNeil.
0: And, and I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. This has been Real Time Truth. Take care. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Real Time Truth. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to gain instant access to all future content. And make sure to hit that like button before you go.